0: I think I'm playing chess, I see a king, I'm at his neck I'm three steps ahead of every move, now that's a check Yes, they wanna know my secret, it's because I never slept All my nightmares of mere 40, life's of wreck See my
1: dad Get ready to start the podcast Hit it again, let's, let's see it
0: yeah, It's my pre-workout Yeah <sighs>
2: Like your uh, full workout gym playlist. Yep. Yeah.
1: I just have Pornhub on the whole time. That's my. That's my playlist. <laughs> Look at the gym. Oh my god. All right. Press pause on that one. That is how we're gonna start the podcast. By the way. Anyways, what is up, everybody? Fernando pity here with UVO Group, right here in the studio. Today we are joined with my co-host Alan Kantarevich. What is up, everybody? Oh, there we go. <laughs> i love that i love those sound effects uh today we have on the podcast our newer agent you've been in the industry for a while yep jesse citron but he's new with the team mm-hmm. yeah. really new. when did you start two weeks ago two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago? Yep. two weeks ago huh two weeks ago jesse how the hell are you bro i'm doing fantastic <laughs> I'm be better, man. i love it i love it uh, yeah so we're happy to have you here we haven't done this in like three weeks god we gotta get better at this yeah dude at the beginning i was like we're never gonna miss an episode we've been missing episodes left and right
0: <laughs> well i feel like late, lately we've been caught up with, with fox lately as well yeah. where we shifting a lot of our focus over there too it's taking quite a bit of our time um but we are still going to be doing the podcast as well and on yeah. top of that we're back at it with the vlogs as well i'm not sure if you guys check that
1: out the new latest vlog we got to get a little uh a little clip on that uh-huh right yeah
0: yeah we got that um, but yeah, everything's going good man
1: yeah no, I love it that that vlog was good. Daniel's really stepping his game up with his videography really fucking good work yeah dude right dude him
0: compared to what maybe what a half a year
1: ago or so and now yeah.
0: night and day, man night and day
1: yep, yep yeah, you sucked when you started <laughs> you're good now, uh but yeah, Jesse, we're happy to have you here uh welcome. <laughs> is you. it's your first podcast? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get like jitters or anything? I've always wondered. No, I'm sure it's just yeah. gone. This is conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how Easy it is. Enough. I like to talk. I've always I've always wondered cuz some guests we have and I feel like they're a little nervous at first, you know. Uh I know I always am it's for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what really you're talking right? about. Yeah. I never get nervous. Yeah, so. yeah, right. This fucking guy <laughs> almost lost the Fox contract. Yeah, is I'm, I'm not sure if you heard <laughs> about that or not.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, uh, they, they were recording And um, I froze up, actually. And uh, Daniel was in the room. I'm like, Daniel, I'm getting hot. Like, can you grab me a napkin? I'm sweating like crazy. And then we start filming. And I'm presenting a property. I'm like, oh, yeah. So today we want to feature a property here in Alpine. You know, going through the whole thing. And then whatever happened, I think I froze up. And I'm like, ah, shit. (laughs) She's like, you can't swear on TV. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we pretty much almost lost the contract right there. Oh, Fortunately, funny. that wasn't live right there. Yeah. I had two takes to take to do. Um, but yeah, after that, I didn't do Fox anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll do that again.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool. And we have Quincy now, who's fucking amazing on the, part, or on the uh, uh, Fox 13. So she does a really good job, and that's going to be uh, good for her and also the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Always growing. And we have some trainings going on with Fox 13 too, with the agents, which is pretty cool. Something we offer here at our brokerage. You know that that uh, I, I was thinking because I read that guy's book, uh, the guy from Million Dollar Listing, Ryan Serhant. Uh-huh. And in his book, he talks about how he has all his agents do improv. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I've read that book. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing that myself. Yeah. Finding an improv class. And yeah, just like get that. It gets you like loosened up and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't take life so seriously, which is w- what you need in real estate because oh, yeah. it's a fucking serious business and it can drive you nuts. Um, but dude, like I said, we're happy to have you here. And uh, like I said, in the podcast, we just kind of talk about you and where you're from and how you became, you know, you and how you got into real estate. Um, and nothing is off limits. You know, over here, we talk about everything. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of the cool stuff we always talk about here in the office. Um yeah, we had Leslie come in today. Who? Vanguard. Leslie. Oh, we did, yeah.
0: Yeah, we yeah, we we had a closing in the morning.
1: Yeah, she's telling me about uh some of her experience with the breathwork stuff.
0: Dude, I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I know she she mentioned that Louie does that class. <clears throat> so I definitely want to get the whole team uh to go to go to that.
1: Yeah, Jesse, you've been talking about it a lot, dude. And 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 I told you I was familiar with it like 10 years ago with Wim Hof like when I was looking into stuff. I've always just liked the cold, like bath and, you know, getting to like the cold water in the mountains, but uh the breathwork thing I never really got into but you've been doing that a lot
2: yeah so did my first Wim Hof training last summer yeah so I did a little event it was uh, probably 20 of us and we had like a certified Wim Hof instructor that came out here from Tennessee did a full explanation of the science behind it and what's going on with it and I'm a skeptic so I'm you know like okay yep. and we'll see what we'll see what happens <clears throat> yeah and uh you know we just did the standard you know 45 breath sets three sets of that and I mean it was incredible right the feeling you get from doing breath work is unlike anything I've ever experienced and following that we jumped into an ice bath and I've never done an ice bath so we did the breath work jumped straight into a freezing cold bath for two minutes and just calm no shivers it was just like it was okay it was painful you know the ice hurts but calm and that's when I was like okay there's something to this yeah and then I've done a couple trainings since then and and you know, I, I did it almost every day for six months after that first, first experience. And I mean, it's been a huge benefit to my life yeah. as far as controlling anxiety, which you get a lot of in this career field. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a really, really good thing to have in my life.
1: Yeah, dude, that's uh, the whole cold, cold thing. Like I never got that as a kid. I used to take like cold showers because we didn't have hot water in this house in California where we're at. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. I think we had so many people living in the house. It just ran out. And I remember I was like, I think I was like seven years old and I was like, damn, this water like takes your breath away you know when it's cold oh yeah and i realized that as a kid and now i love it like in the morning i do it at night i do it you know and when i have the opportunity the mountains i do it i always try to make sure to do it when it's extremely cold and to find the deepest deepest spot and we go to like creeks and uh the best place that i've found so far <clears throat> for me and there's something like so spiritual about it uh have you been developed bells canyon no okay so bells canyon uh People don't know this, they, they, the goal is to hit the waterfall, and they go to the waterfall and they kind of hang out, but above the waterfall, there's this uh, pond. It's not a pond, it's like, well, it's, it's part of the waterfall, but it's really deep. It's probably like five or six feet deep. And the water is so crystal clear, and it's like snow, you know what I mean, it's just melted snow. And uh, not a lot of people know about it. And I didn't know about it, but I went with my dad one time. Yeah. And he's such a <clears throat> wilderness guy. Like We went up and he disappeared, and I was like, where the hell is my dad at? And I look and he's at the top of the rock, on top of the waterfall. And he's like, come over here. And I was like, where? And he's like, just follow that little area. So I like climbed up like these roots and these rocks and I got to the top of Bells and you have to cross if it's raging, sometimes it's raging. You have to cross like this little rope and like cross the rocks and like hold the rope so you don't get taken away. And then uh, you kind of walk down and there's this little pond and dude, there's something special about that place. And I'm like, this is a perfect like bathing area. And I swear to God, They probably people probably use this hundreds of years ago, if not thousands of years ago, because it's like a perfect bath, and the water is constantly flowing, and it's not like raging at that point. Um, But yeah, in that area, it's dude, it's it's there's something so spiritual about it. And one time I went up there, and I was in, uh, I guess I was in like this peak state of mind, and uh, we were timing ourselves, so I like killed it, like I almost killed myself running up the, the the mountain trying to get there as fast as I could, and then I like got in there, and I you pass this point when you're in the water where it's like extremely cold and it's so painful, but eventually it just goes away. And I just like sat there. And I was probably in there for like 20 minutes and I didn't realize it. And then I got out and I could barely walk. Dude, My bones were like frozen. <laughs> you were getting
2: hyperthermia. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: probably what it was. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't feel my feet, but there's something so like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's not a lot of, uh, maybe people look at that type of alternate, whatever the hell you want to call it, healing, medicine, whatever, you know, therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, Maybe, maybe people forgot about it. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean?
2: We're designed to avoid discomfort, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in, taking a nice bath, cold shower, it's pure discomfort. Yeah. Like, nobody enjoys doing it. I'm yeah. not going to lie.
0: I hate it. Yeah. I wait for the water to warm enjoy up it, before I actually. even get in. I'm like, <laughs> I make sure, oh, it's too cold. Wait,
1: let me get it warm up a little bit, and then I'll jump in. Yeah, I'm sick. I like stuff like <laughs> that. I like pain um but yeah dude no but i, I noticed you're into that and when we first met you we always go through all of our agents instagram and facebook profiles kind of see how they are as a person to make sure they're gonna be a good fit and i went through yours and i was like oh this guy's pretty fucking extreme he do a lot of crazy stuff and you're telling about some stuff that you did uh four by four by 48 is that what it is yep yeah yep. four by four. so tell me about that what the hell is that
2: so david goggins uh pretty popular these days on social media he's written a really awesome book called can't hurt me yeah um a That's a damn good book, by the really way. Really good yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to feel like a bitch, read that book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he's got this thing that he's been doing for a while, just on his own, called the Four by Four by Forty Eight. So you run four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. That's the challenge. And uh, so I, I knew about it, but he kind of launched this thing. I think he was raising some money where he was just going to have people all over the world do it on the, at the same time. So there was a start time. I think it was in March of this year. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Like it seems hard, but. You know, we'll just try it. I wasn't trained for it at all, having the cardio for a while. Uh, And luckily, I ended up having a buddy that was doing it too. So we ended up linking up, which was great because we had the chance to push each other because there was definitely some times where we were in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, But pretty wild experience. I mean, definitely the most pain I've ever been in physically doing any sort of challenge or endeavor. Uh, Just, you know, you go do the, the four miles and then you go home, go to bed, wake up, go do it again. You're tighter. You run. You're even tighter now go back to bed, wake up tighter, and it was just nonstop stop for two days straight.
1: And is it like like in your neighborhood, or where the hell do you go to do that? Because so you guys we, went to like the mountains or something, right? Yeah, the so desert?
2: Yep. So we just went up to the Bonneville Shoreline Trail up in Ogden. Uh, there's like a little mountain bike park there, so you can park up there and then just run on the trail, and it was perfect two miles in, two miles back. So it was ideal for doing this, and it kind of got us off the streets and just kind of up in a good area, good views. And so we just went there for for every leg of the run.
1: So when you do that, are you uh, are you like um, going home to sleep? Are you camping over there?
2: Like No, going home. So, oh, okay. I mean, it's only a few minutes from the house. So as soon as we finished, I'd run home, try and stretch out for a minute, hydrate, go to bed, get a couple hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, there was only five or six of the runs that were in the middle of the night. The rest of them were during the day. So I'm just going to work and wait until it's time and then go back up to the mountains.
1: Jeez, bro. And you did it. Yeah. You finished it. Yep. That's pretty badass. Yeah, I like that. I like that about. Uh, right. uh, I mean, we have a lot, a lot of agents in the team, are a lot of agents in the team that do a lot of weird shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's something that I can get into. I like that kind of stuff. Um, but no, we saw that. We saw that you're into that kind of stuff. Fitness for sure is definitely a, something that's important to you, and also your fiance. We met your fiance. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, "Damn, that girl is fit."
0: <laughs> that's literally what I said to her as well at the party. I'm like. I just want to let you know, like you are in really, really, yeah. Really my wife good was like, shape. "Damn, I'm she's really, really she's in really good shape." I yeah, was Lily's like, "Yeah, this,
1: yeah, these guys are they're really into fitness." Um, but that's awesome. And uh, being your real estate agent now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? How has that helped you in your real estate career?
2: Oh, it's been been great. I mean, as you know, a lot of this career is being just mentally fit, right? It's a it's a roller coaster on every single transaction, yeah. Right, almost every transaction, something's going to go wrong, whether it's smaller or major. So that can be a lot of stress on you. It can affect your sleep, your diet, and everything. Yeah. So just being able to overcome that adversity when it comes is just a good skill to have because you're going to need it, especially if you want to spend years in this career.
1: Yeah. You know what we, we got to do? And he told me about this last night mm-hmm. uh, or yesterday. He can, like, uh, uh, instruct, like, uh, like a breathwork class. Yeah. Well, you can?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. All right. I'm not an yeah. expert, but we, I, can, should, I can guide you guys through Here's the, the basic yeah. fundamentals, yeah.
1: I'm going to do it after this. We'll do it right here on the floor in the podcast <laughs> studio. <laughs> I'm so down, dude. I'll probably fall asleep. What, what, does it make you tired?
2: No, like wide awake.
1: Really? just kind of wakes you up?
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing like the Wim Hof stuff, it definitely wakes me up, just like a lot of blood to the brain. So I'll just do like a couple sets sometimes if I'm tired and I feel wide awake afterwards. The, the long form breath work when you're doing like 30 minutes, that you get into a little bit of a relaxed state after a while. You get into weird like meditative zone kind of zone out, kind of on the brink of falling asleep, but you never actually fall asleep yeah. because you're intentionally breathing nonstop.
1: Yeah, yeah I want to try Let's 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 do something after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a little 30-minute session or something. I try Dude, that, that reminds me so much of the
0: one we did, um was like two years ago, I think, at the, the Tony Robbins event. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of that breath work as well. Prior to that, I never really got into it. But I know when we did it, you get to that point where you get, you know, not sleeping or anything, but you get pretty damn close to it where you're kind of, you're there, but you're not really there. You're so... You're in that, med- that, that meditation, mm-hmm. that state. Um, so, yeah, I just realized, like, whenever... I, that's why I carry, you know, the Apple Watch, for example. It just tells me when to breathe. Just as a reminder, because I feel like we forget to do that. You know, we're just going throughout our day, et cetera. And then I just take a step, you know, a second back, breathe, et cetera. And you'd be surprised, you know, how much that does actually help.
2: Yeah, no, it's huge. And a lot of us don't even breathe right. Yeah. Right? We, we have short breaths and short breaths... That, doesn't help for anxiety right you're supposed to breathe in take you know deeper breaths through the belly there's, there's a way you're supposed to breathe and most people don't know that and it's it's hard to practice it and break those bad habits but it helps a lot just controlling that anxiety throughout the day yeah just having the right form of breath
0: but by the way that video that you sent me i think what last week the one for my, my meditation yeah i was actually in my tub just relaxing and i was following it on along, along and it's the one where the guy has you just breathe i mean inhale like from your lower ab you know, stomach top etc then you go up and hold it and you can literally just feel like the the breath in your like head you, you can just yep. feel it just you know what i mean just right there and but after you let go and you redo it over and over again dude i feel amazing uh, after that day i'm like dude thank you jesse yeah
2: no it feels great yeah. i
1: heard that i heard that you can breathe yourself into an orgasm is that true Never had
0: that okay, experience
1: I just <laughs> I was hoping oh, Might be I'll, worth a try I'll you give you it a yeah. try tonight What the hell? <laughs> I was hoping you say yeah <laughs> Daniel's over there laughing <laughs> Daniel give me some sound effects over here Let's hear what you got mm. Oh there we go That's the one. <laughs> oh, it's amazing That's the breathwork uh, class right is that, yeah. <laughs> is that the one for the breathwork class Is that is that how you do the breathing <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Jesse, show me how the hell you do the the breath. All right. One of them. Yeah. Do the mic so people can hear you.
2: All right. Here we go. So you're just breathing in until your stomach raises. So when you're doing the breath work, normally you're laying down on your back. Put a hand on your belly so you can just feel it rise. Okay. You just inhale through your stomach. Once the stomach kind of maximizes with air, it goes as full as it gets. Then you just go through your chest. And that's just a breath. Then you just drop it. So, And you're doing that basically at the same repetition. You know, for forty five breaths if you're doing the Wim Hof stuff with rebirth and holotropic breathing, you're going for a lot longer.
1: Holy shit, that's pretty cool. You can like get yourself high, right? You'll yeah. get natural high from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No drugs. No drugs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, kids don't do drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get iron supply. Yeah, there you go. I like that. No, uh, that's good and that's important, especially when you're in real estate. I talk about all the time being an entrepreneur. Uh you have to have things that you do. Um, to help you manage the stress and manage the anxiety and manage all the stuff that comes along with being an entrepreneur, you know, like I said in the past, and I've learned this from my, my, my nutritionist, Justin, that we operate at such a high level of stress and it's so normal for us, especially, you know, somebody like me who's been uh, self employed for 15 years, you know, 16 years. I don't know any other way to work or function. And you carry this, like, really high level of stress and it really fucks up your cortisol levels and and sleeping, you know, is something that is. I feel like I, I don't like to sleep. I think it's because, and it's not good that I don't sleep because I know it fucks up a lot of stuff, but, um, I just feel like it's a habit because I'm always thinking and overthinking and, 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 trying to problem solve and damage control, you know, in our company and all the stuff that we do. And, uh, I feel like I need stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, I've been doing this nutrition thing for a while and I'm on and off all the time, like everybody, but, uh, it's helped over time to help me manage my stress and anxiety you know when i'm in better shape and i can actually go running you know before i couldn't even run i was like 275 280 i remember i'd run for like and i I, it's not that i would get tired it's that my fucking ankles would hurt (laughs) like my ankle would get like a like i sprained my ankle i didn't even sprain my ankle it's just all the weight you know like bouncing on my on my legs and i'm like damn man i used to get a lot of like meditation from running and i can't even run and so i started you know doing the, the the nutrition stuff and now i can run my wife and i went running the other day in city creek canyon i love that place um but uh, that, that helps a lot with stress, you know, and, and, and anxiety. Um, but you shared a little bit of your story uh, with me about, you know, your upbringing and stuff like that. And um, we'll get into that. You know what I mean? But uh, tell me about n- number one. Where the hell are you from? Bro? Are you from Salt Lake?
2: No. Nah, so originally I'm from Connecticut. Okay. I was born and raised there until high school. And then I moved down to North Carolina, started high school there, did a few years there, moved to Washington State, finished up my junior year, moved to Texas, senior year. And then I ended up joining the military straight out of there. Wait, Why the
1: hell were you moving so much?
2: So uh, what triggered me moving from Connecticut to North Carolina was my father passing away. So we had family down in North Carolina. So we were like, might as well go down there. So that got us North Carolina. I was there until halfway through junior year, got kicked out. That sent me over to live with my sister out in Washington. Her husband was in the military. So they ended up getting orders to go to Texas. So I didn't even do a full semester there, got down to Texas and then just finished up, joined the military.
1: Wow! So, which branch did you join?
2: Air Force. Air Force. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. How long were you in it?
2: It's six years. Six years.
1: You went overseas, didn't you?
2: Yep. Yep. Where? So I went to Africa, okay. and that was kind of right at the end of my six years. So I got I got lucky. I didn't think I was going to end up deploying. Ended up getting orders kind of a year and a half out, which was awesome because that was one of my big goals. While I was in the military, was to go do a tour overseas. Yeah. So I looked out, got to you know pretty cool experience to go over to Africa. Did six months, came back, and basically just rolled right out of the military from there.
1: What 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 were you doing in the military?
2: So I was an explosive ordnance disposal technician, or EOD tech. So um, our job is to render safe or dispose of ex- explosive munitions, bombs, IDs, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a million, you wear a million hats doing that job. So you deal with aircraft ordnance that are on aircraft. You deal with IEDs, unconventional warfare type stuff, uh, foreign munitions, uh, munitions from the United States. Uh, and then we also do secret service protection details for president vice president and stuff like that since, you know, they go all over the world. So they need people like us to go through the rooms that they're going to be walking through to make sure that there's no hidden explosives or anything. Yeah. So, um. Some of the guys end up doing these things called JPAC missions where they'll go over to Vietnam or Laos, and they're basically doing POW, MIA recovery. So they're looking for human rem- remains from the Vietnam War. So they send our guys out there to you know, make sure that there's no you know, landmines, landmines still yeah. sitting around and yeah. they're there in case they do come across anything. So there's a lot of cool things that we do within you know, our job. Uh, it's not just kind of one thing.
1: And the coolest thing that you told me about your job was going through uh, the president's room oh no, yeah you're like should i talk about that we're talking about it <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, i never oh. had to go through the president's yeah, room okay. but
2: you know we went through i, I spent a couple of weeks at his at his golf course yeah. so i got to check out all the all of his guests, all the visitors driving through yeah. search their cars make sure they're not bringing knives or
1: anything <laughs> you shared something with me you're like yeah some of the guys would hope to find uh, melania's panties and they weren't able to <laughs> find them <laughs> 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 allegedly oh dude yeah <sighs> Yeah, it's fucked up. That's <laughs>
2: our job. We got to go through drawers. We got to go through everything. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That,
1: that's that's dope, dude. Um, but why the hell did you get out of it? I mean, what was, what was what was the deal?
2: My intention was never to do more than six years. I joined with, you know, I'm going to do six and get out. Yeah. I had goals beyond the military, and I was kind of in a weird place in Texas where I didn't really see what direction was appropriate for me to go. And so I figured the military would be a good move. I was kind of around that community, living with my sister and her husband. We were on an army base for a little bit. So it kind of normalized the military life for me. Yeah. Because I always looked at it as kind of like this, this thing that I would never even consider. And when I was looking at my options, like I can go get into a lot of debt and go to college and do something I don't want to do, or I can just get a job and make nothing. So I yeah. uh, decided, you know, kind of a rash decision that I was going to join the military, found a job that I thought would be fun and just kind of full sent Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, you got out and then, so how long until after you started uh, real estate? Immediately. Oh, immediately. Yeah.
2: So I got my license while I was still technically on active duty. I had uh, what's called terminal leave. Basically I saved up a lot of time off. So the last few months that I was active duty, I didn't have to show up. So I just spent that time knocking out my real estate courses and just jumped right into
1: it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. See, when we did the podcast, we, uh, we were thinking like, okay, entrepreneur podcast, talk about life and everything and uh i try my my hardest not to make it a real estate podcast you know and talk so much about real mm-hmm. estate um but obviously you're on our team so we'll we'll hit on real estate um but i don't want to hit on it so much you know what i mean because yeah. it's more about you as a person kind of like you know who you are where you're from how you became you uh, and stuff like that but uh you told me about some shit out there we just had uh leslie from vanguard title come in and she was talking about the breath work and all this stuff and i love talking about stuff like that but jesse's he, he knows a lot about it and he was, he was chatting with her and uh you said something that was like, oh shit, you know, that clicked because you told him about your dad. He told me about, you know, his struggles and everything. He was a uh, engineer. Right. Mm-hmm. And he got like mixed up with some chemicals and it gave him some fucking problems. You yeah. Think? Some, something happened to yeah. him.
2: He just had this rare neurological disorder that basically went undiagnosed. Yeah. I think it was probably because he was interacting with chemicals, but essentially he had like a constant sensation of pins and needles and secondary burn on his entire body for most of his adult life.
1: Holy shit. So, so You said something out there, though, and and again, we're going to go back to the breathwork stuff, because I think that's really important. Um, You know, when we're talking about, like, mental health and, you know, trying to manage stress and and stuff like that, and you were saying something like uh, when you were doing the breathwork and you were doing, you know, your journeys and stuff like that, you felt like you took it upon yourself to, like, you were giving yourself the same, like, uh, symptoms, and it kind of made you realize, like, what the fuck, this is, like, voluntary, like... You know yeah, mean?
2: no, that was kind of like a weird epiphany for me because, I mean, I'm a really healthy r- now, I don't have any yeah. issues, but as a kid, you know, I had, like, an issue where my, my feet would go numb, right, and I, I would get chest pains and stuff like that, and I had to go to the doctor a few times because of it, and it was very real to me, but realizing just as I've, I've gotten older and gotten more introspective and evaluated my life, like, I realized that a lot of the traumas that came from my father dying were associated to me basically having these issues, which they existed to me, they were very real, Yeah, but you know they were it was a construction of my own mind and i mean i haven't dealt with that you know for 15 years now but i realized that oh like that wasn't real i mean it was real but it wasn't you know what i'm saying so
1: it's It's really trivial your mind can like play tricks on you like Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean and and we we actually see it here with a lot of the agents like i mean i talked to them over here and, and and like i said i've been in real estate not for very long i don't have too many transactions but uh, I feel like the, the skill and the value that I add to the team is I'm like the fucking therapist over here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the agents come to me and we talk about, you know, some of the stuff they're dealing with when it comes to real estate. And I realize very quickly that has nothing to do with real estate. It's always something they're dealing with in their mind, you know what I mean, what they're believing. And uh, that's why I always go back to, hey, it's very important for you guys as an entrepreneur, um, if you're building a business, building a company. It's funny, too, because people always say this, they're like um, – They'll be like, and I deal with this with, 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 with my wife, you know, cause she's, uh, starting another company and, uh, this is like a full on business. It's not just a salon, her behind the chair, you know what I mean? Managing clientele. Um, that's like a self-employed, uh, I guess when you look at the whole four quadrants, Robert Kiyosaki put, puts down is like, you know, employer or employee, self-employed, uh, business owner and then an investor. And I feel like the, when you're a stylist, You know, you have your own business. If you don't have a salon, you're still your own business, but you're kind of like the self-employed. You're not really a business owner yet. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with the business owner uh, position, new ones that she's going to start facing. And uh, a lot of people face right now, and they don't understand the stress that comes with that. You know what I mean? And so I'm talking to her about, hey, this is what you should be doing. This is what you got to do. And one of the things that's really important for me, for her to have, and also the agents and the team is, Uh, a life coach a therapist a psychologist whatever the hell they want to call it right with somebody to talk to uh that you can go to to kind of get your problems off your chest and they can kind of help you evaluate what you feel like you need help with you know and kind of work through some of your problems with you and i feel like i provide that to a certain extent here in the team just because i have a lot of experience in that you know last eight years of my life i've been doing that um but uh that's so fucking valuable and so necessary you know what i mean and um like you said, you had this like self-realization that, oh shit, this is something that I was creating in my own mind. I have a lot of agents here that do that and they kind of put it on their clients and they put it on the, mm-hmm. the lender and they put it on everyone but themselves and they don't look at themselves. You yep, know, it's they, always the blame game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting how the, how the mind does that and it will fuck up every aspect of your life. Everything. You know, if you don't have somebody to go and talk to, um, but that's really important um, but yeah, the whole breathwork thing, dude, I'm really interested in, you know what I mean? I think that it's a skill that everyone should have and especially on the team, you know what I mean? To help them kind of manage stress and anxiety. Um, but yeah, dude, I love that. I love that you're part of the team now. I love that you have this, like, you know, we don't have anybody on the team that does that. So this is going to be fun, mm-hmm. you know, from to kind of bring that, you know, into the environment. Um, but dude, let, let me, let, let's talk about before you joined the military, you know, when you were in school, cause you did go to school, correct? Mm-hmm. What, what did you go to school for?
2: So are you talking about college? Yeah. Okay. So I joined the Air Force. So I like signed up or everything, went yeah. through MEPS, and uh, I was waiting on a contract, got the contract, but it only for seven months. Mm-hmm. So while I was waiting, I decided, okay, I'll sign up for, for school. So I did a semester at a community college and then shipped off to the Air Force. Uh, once I got through all my training and, and got everything done, they, they let you go to school while you're in the military. So most of my school I did online. You know, some of my yeah. uh, classes transferred over. But I just did my degree online, kind of at my own pace over the next few years, and just got it knocked out. What was it? Business? Uh, technical management.
1: Technical management. Yeah. I, start, I, management. I started
2: doing engineering and got like halfway through that, <clears throat> and then kind of jumped so ship. So what the hell
1: is technical? I never heard that before. What yeah. is technical management?
2: It's Just a made-up degree. I don't know. It's a, It's basically... A lot uh, of them are, I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's essentially focused towards management and technical career fields. So you do like technical writing classes and stuff like that. So essentially maybe being part of like an engineering team, but you're not an engineer kind of how to at least understand what they're doing and, and manage those people at some level. It mm. uh, had a concentration in project planning or project management. So it was kind of just, just a management degree with a fancy name.
1: Yeah. You know, we, we, we talked a little bit about some of the stuff that you've done. Cause you've always been, you know, like doing your own business endeavors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and you have this idea that I think is a really good idea. Um, how far along is that by the way?
2: I mean, it's fully developed. Yeah, it's fully
1: developed. So he, so he's at a company right now. Yeah. He told me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's actually pretty fucking genius. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Um, you have some challenges right now that that you're looking at, but can you explain a little bit about the company?
2: Yeah. So when everything with COVID happened last year and kind of the real estate market kind of came to a standstill for a little period there in a month and I was still working with a few clients, but you know, I figured, okay, there's something crazy happening, there's definitely always opportunity when there's issues in the world, right? So being six months deep into business, I I already realized that if you're starting a new business, it needs to come from a place of adding value. How do I add value to the marketplace, especially within an industry like real estate, which is what I was focusing on. So when I was kind of evaluating what were like, what things were missing within real estate, I looked at the inspection world and how, you know, for years, decades, we really haven't changed the way we do a real estate transaction when it goes from going under contract, doing an inspection, negotiating things or canceling and moving on with life. And uh, you know billions of dollars are lost every single year due to failed um, or issues with inspections. So I was like, okay, maybe this is an idea that I can switch up a little bit. Maybe I can create something that will, will change the way we do things here. So kind of what I came up with was to create a company where we would have inspectors go into houses before they get listed. So you're getting ready to list a house, you'll hire us, we'll go in We'll send in an inspector and do a full inspection and and, and we're doing everything it's not just like a normal inspection you're ordering when you're buying a house i mean everything is including included in these we're doing meth tests water tests air tests like the whole nine yards we're sending robots in under the foundation like we're doing everything we're trying to paint the clearest picture possible about the condition of this house and based on that inspection report we'll be able to uh, evaluate all the deficiencies and then grade the house so depending on the grade, either you won't receive a certification or you can certify either silver, gold, platinum, or diamond being the highest. And then that's just a marketing tool. And if you don't certify or your certification comes in lower than you'd want, then we'll tell you, hey, fix these things. Here's some recommended contractors, you get them fixed, and then we can reevaluate that and then upgrade your certification. Yeah. So Essentially, you know, you're taking care of all the major issues, at least up front. That way, when you list the house for sale, not only do you have an extra marketing edge, you have a nice little sign where you can put in front of your house that says, hey, this house is certified gold or whatever. And then you have access to our website and mobile applications, where you can uh, look at the inspection report and see that the house is certified. That way, before somebody puts in an offer, they can see, hey, this house is in really great condition. Now, when we put in the offer, we don't need to do due diligence. So we can waive that period. We can close faster, less problems. And as a listing agent, you have a little bit more negotiating power. Hey, we don't want to accept an offer with a due diligence contingency because, hey, you already have this detailed inspection. So one of the big hurdles is like in a state like Utah, there's no uh, standard for inspectors. And a lot of states are like that. So inspectors can vary on how good they are and what quality of work they're doing. So, I ended up partnering with a guy who's associated, uh, and he's the CEO of, uh, it's called Home Medic. It's, a, um, it's an inspector school where they get basically certified in every single category of inspections from HVAC to plumbing. So, these guys are the best of the best, squared away. And so, we can in-house train everyone through that program. That way, we have the highest level of inspector that's going in to certify these houses, because you know we want to build a good reputation. We don't want anyone going in there certifying a house and then a buyer moves in and then there's an issue. Yeah. So we need to solve that problem by making sure that we have control over
0: the quality of the inspectors.
1: Yeah. That's, which is honestly
0: smart. It's genius because yeah. especially in the, in the market that we're in and you know, the times that we live in, a lot of people right now are buying homes without even looking at them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure about what the stats were, but I know like the last few months, you know, they've, we've had a significant amount of buyers, you know, buying from out of state, California, et cetera. You know, I heard a stat was like two thirds of the buyers roughly didn't even see the home. So by you being able to provide that peace of mind to the buyer, I think that goes a long way, you know, because that way, yeah, yeah, you you can do a virtual tour and all that stuff too, but you can't really do a virtual tour on the nitty gritty, all that other stuff too, you know, you're not going to zoom into the roof and see how old the shingles are. Um, You're not going to go underground with robots and do a testing and everything you can't all do. You can't do that virtually. So I feel like that's just that extra little oomph. You know, to help protect your sellers too. That way once you guys do go in the market, the buyers know exactly what they are getting.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And now that we're seeing the market shift kind of from a vicious seller's market into a more neutral market, mm-hmm. which could eventually at some point move into a buyer's market, you know, this service will be of immense value, especially, you know, for for sellers. Yeah, I agree. Because they're gonna need to separate their houses from others when the inventory, you know, gets even higher and they're not getting as many offers, you know. If there's five houses for sale in a particular city, all at 500000 one of them is certified gold or platinum. You know, where are all the buyers going to flock to first? The house that's going to give them peace of mind. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a really good marketing edge as this market evolves into kind of the direction we're seeing it go now.
1: <clears throat> so are you guys looking to raise, uh, raise money right now?
2: Yeah. So I've been kind of looking in that direction uh, for probably the last six, seven months while we were getting all the development stuff completed on the tech side. Um, had a couple things fall through with that, but yeah, so basically trying to raise some money now, cause we've, we've got the platform in place. We've got the website, we have cross platform, mobile applications, but really the missing thing for us is IDX integration. So you can just do general home search on the app instead of just looking at certified properties, cause that's really what's going to drive downloads and people using the app. And that way we can push, you know, general home search in all 50 States, you know, similar, uh, similar platform to Zillow, where you can just look at houses uh, but that way we can start getting a user base in, in those states and, and monetizing that. And then we can use that to fund moving our inspectors into other states as well. Yeah.
1: So you guys have like an actual inspector school yeah. set up? Yeah. Like an online course? It will be like a...
2: It's online and in person. Yeah. It's person. a combination. That's smart. that's smart, dude.
1: That's good, man. Yeah. I See, that's what I love about real estate is that, you know, real estate is such a good like foundation it can give you in order to have you invest in other things. You know what I mean? And you can always go back and obviously still continue in real estate, but you might hit something that's like, you know, something like that. It could be a hundred million dollar idea or a oh, billion dollar easy, idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then and then there you go. Real estate kind of set you yeah. up for that. You know what I mean?
0: And, and that's one thing I noticed too. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of successful people, they start off in real estate and then they, 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 at that point, you know, they're able to get to a position to be able to learn how things work. I feel like the cool thing about real estate is like, it actually teaches you a lot about life. You know, it teaches you. You know, number one about how to make money, how to invest, how to, you know, talk to client clients, talk to people in general. So I feel like it teaches you a lot of life skills in general to the point where you can pass that along. You know, in your, you know, your next venture or whatever that may mm-hmm. be. Um, which I love that. I feel like everybody oh. on the team. Yeah, they're doing full time real estate, but everybody's still building a company mm-hmm. on, on the side. Like mm-hmm. I love that. Everybody, I feel like is just doing their own thing. And I feel like we're all just feeding off of each other and we're all just brainstorming, trying to figure out how can we add value to one another?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like most people that are drawn to this this industry yeah. are just born entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, uh-huh. right? Like we just want to start our own businesses. Real estate is kind of one of the easiest entrepreneur endeavors to get into, right? Yeah. Because you can join a brokerage or team and kind of have all the systems in place, yet you're still your own business. And then you can learn the industry. You can learn all those sales skills, all the important business skills that you need to go do your own thing. Like when I was in the military I started a little supplement business and you know I've I've had the entrepreneur bug forever so I started this little supplement business and I made so many mistakes so many mistakes so I didn't have any of the skill sets so I just kind of sent it on it and then once I got into real estate I you know and I'm doing business constantly every single day you know I started learning holy crap I made mistakes here and here and here and now I I'm, I won't replicate those in the future
1: Yeah that's the that's the best thing and you're right real estate teaches you so much but uh I feel like the most important thing it teaches you is teaches you about yourself you know what I mean? And and for me and a lot of friends that I know who are, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneurs and who work uh, only on their own business, you know what I mean? Um, the number one thing that you got to have is fucking grit. You know what I mean? Can't, how, how, how much shit can you take before you throw in the towel? And too many people throw in the towel way too early and they figure out later on, you know, later on down in life, like, fuck, man. Like, that was a stupid reason to throw the towel in. You know what I mean? But that's what I, I, I love about being self-employed. Uh, and having your own businesses, it teaches you so much about yourself. It teaches you how fucking strong you are mentally. Oh yeah, you know, and how much will you have? Uh, and dude, I fucking love that. I love that. And <laughs> I don't say, I don't want to say, I love watching people jump into it and fail. But I love watching uh, people put an Instagram profile together and put on there a uh, public figure slash entrepreneur. And you scratch your head like, what the fuck have you done to give yourself that title? You know what I mean? And then and then you see them later on in life and they're working. You know, at a, a bank or something, you know what I mean? And it's like, come on, man, like you got to earn that title. It's yeah, not don't something be about you just it, fucking you know? give yeah. yourself. You I, know mean, I mean, everyone's got ideas, right? Yeah.
2: Everyone's got ideas and say, oh, like, here's my idea. Here's my business. But nobody ever invests any of their time or money yep. into actually trying to bring that idea to fruition right? No one wants to put skin in the game. Yeah. have to put skin in the game. Like
1: that is the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is the biggest thing. I see that so much, man, with people who start companies or they're handed a company and this and that, and it fails. And it always, it goes back to, did you have skin invested in the game? Did You have money in the game. And, and we have people all the time that try to give us uh, input and stuff like that on how to run a company or how to run our company and, I always ask myself, like, what the fuck have you done? And then number one, have you invested in yourself as far as a business? Have you invested your own money into a business? And when the answer is no, you can take that fucking advice and wipe your ass with it. You know what I mean? Because Have
0: you gone to work for pretty much a whole year and not made a single penny, but you still believed in the vision so badly that you didn't give up? That's the difference. Mm -hmm. You got to have that grit.
1: Yeah, you have to have that grit, dude. It's super important. Uh, And I don't know if military teaches you that. You know, I hear a lot of, about that, though, that it gives you a good structure, though. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if that was your experience. Oh, no, um, it, it definitely does. Yeah. There's
2: definitely a lot of things you, you learn in the military and uh, certain situations you'll be in, whether it's training or real world. Like, you're, you're going to get pushed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of times physically and mentally. Yeah. Uh, with the job that I did, you know, we we're doing training or whatever. We're in a bomb suit trying to solve pretty complex problems. And so you've got to be able to problem solve in a bomb suit when it's 100 degrees outside and, like, you're sweating your ass off. So like, you need to be able to, to overcome those things. And, and, and that gives you a lot of grit because you learn, you know, you test yourself constantly doing stuff like that. Yeah. You learn what, what's possible and how you can push through. Um, so with most jobs in the military, there's going to be something that you do where you're going to get tested that way.
1: Yeah, Where in Africa did you go?
2: Niger. Okay. It's uh, sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Really poor country. Yeah. Like, I think it's the poorest country in the world. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's a very interesting place
1: what 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 is the uh uh i guess average wage out there do you know
2: i mean pe- a lot of people are just living in houses that they build out of garbage so wow. it's it's very low
1: wow damn that's so sad man yeah it's so crazy and, and and like i was talking to an agent the other day i'm not going to say the name but uh all these problems that they were talking about i was thinking and i'm like dude you have it so good like shut the fuck up yeah yeah, you you too you're a victim of that bullshit too
0: of last year i'm like i just got so much going on i don't know i'm over here pulling up to work in my lambo and everything like gosh i had a rough day and
2: then (laughs) those first
0: world problems first world You put me in check like literally like hey like i'm like oh what the fuck my problems are not that bad at the end of the day You know, but it's like we get so caught up in our head, whatever you have, whatever you may have going on. um, But it's always good. You know, like I talked about it uh, Monday uh, in our team training, team meeting. I mean, I talked about it when it comes down to you got to have gratitude. That's the number one thing. I feel like we can easily get caught up in whatever we have going on, whether it's work, whether it's personal, everything. Um, But I feel like the night I think before my birthday, actually, my my birthday was what a few days ago, uh, August 28th and august 27th i just kind of got into my little you know a moment i was just sitting there on on my counter i just had some time to reflect and just feel gratitude actually feel it um and like you just get emotional i literally have tears coming down my my eyes too where we don't really we never give ourselves enough credit i feel like for whatever you may go through or accomplish um I feel like we all got to just take that step back and just be grateful for what you do have. Like, dude, be grateful that you woke up today. Be grateful you have a home. Be grateful you have a job. You have a car or whatever it might yeah. be. Because, um, look, you have people over there in Africa, for example. They're living in huts, I mean, huts and sheds, et cetera. And I know what that's like. I am know on that mm-hmm. level. But, like, when we were in a refugee camp for about a year and a half, we literally lived in a little shack that my dad built. So imagine that being your life and your family's life and generations, etc. You know, we got to fortunately experience that for only a year and a half. But I feel like going through that, it made me a lot more, a lot more humble to know where I did come from, that I never wanted to go back to that. So, yeah, the number one you know takeaway is just to be grateful, be grateful for everything. Like yeah. Even this right here, I'm actually grateful just to be here I work with you guys, you know, and you know, chat about life.
2: Yeah. Something that's been very transformative for me is uh, doing gratitudes in the morning. So every morning when I wake up, like I grab my phone and before I check Instagram, emails, text, whatever, first thing I do is I just go to my note app, throw down five things that I'm grateful for, whether they're things that just happened, things that, or things that I want to happen. Like mm-hmm. I'll be grateful for future events that didn't happen yet because I need to comfortable with that and feel it right i need to feel like i've already accomplished something so i'm going to be grateful for something that hasn't even happened yet and more often than not that kind of leads me in the direction to getting there so every day starts with gratitudes and it just kind of sets the the tone right for the day when you wake up and you i mean when you wake up you can either be happy or sad or angry right you're in a very vulnerable state when you're coming out of sleep so just immediately getting into the gratitudes you're kind of setting your mind with the, the right intention to to be grateful for things and, you know, being over in Africa, like that was a major perspective shift for me because in America, you know, most children, I could go give them a brand new iPhone right now and they won't be nearly as happy as the children that we'd give a bottle of water to mm-hmm. on the side of the road. I mean, th- you give them a muffin, a bottle of water. I- I've never seen a kid so happy in their life. They're so grateful for that, that item that over here, you know, we don't think anything about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just very interesting that that perspective shift. Uh, for me and just seeing how other people live you know they're grateful for things that we just don't even care about all water it's nothing
1: you know alan you said something uh on one of the last podcasts you said that uh i think it's really important for people to uh go and experience a third world country
0: i agree yeah i 100% agree that i feel like everybody um should get i mean go to a third world country and experience what it's truly like um i know i had my experience you know, a little bit later on as well, when I was like maybe 16, 17, I remember I went back, because it's different when you're there as a young kid, you don't remember too much about it, but you know, you know, a little bit. Um, But going back, because I remember at that point, I was just trying to figure my life out, and we went to to Bosnia for what, I think three weeks. Went to Bosnia, Croatia, Austria, et cetera. And I got to experience that life, you know, you have the good parts of town, and then the villages, et cetera. And I remember, like, maybe a week or two in, and I'm like, man, I can't wait to get back home. Now I know truly how good we really, really do have it. Uh, that's the one thing I like when people go to the military, for example, they go to a third world country, so they see that. Whether you go on a mission, for example, you go, if you go to a third world country, you get to experience that too. Whatever it might be, at least just get out you know, for a little bit, see what it's like. Mm-hmm. You'll come back with a whole different mindset and truly feel grateful for what you do have here. Because come on out, like we have so much opportunity here. I don't think people realize that. and it's like once you show somebody who comes with, from nothing, whatever it might be, and you show them a little an opportunity, they're going to go all out. Like they never want to go back to being poor. I know I don't. Yeah. I'm like my thing is like, I will never go back to that. I made that commitment to myself at an early age, and I'm like, I do not want to struggle. My family had to struggle. Everybody around me was just constantly working. We barely had anybody take care of us. And I'm like, when I get to the point, I never, I want to be there for my kids. I want to be able to be there whenever I, I want to work because I truly want to work, not because I have to work. And that's why I made a commitment to myself. Like I'm going to work my ass off these next few years. And that way I can have that time. You know, I have my daughter here coming literally one week. So I want to be able to spend time with her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, life, you know, life's too short, man. You got to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, dude. The, the whole uh, gratitude thing is i like that i'm i'm all about that uh i think that uh a good way to get yourself there is to, to stop being a little bitch <laughs> that's kind of what i tell these guys like and i tell myself that too you know what i mean it's like dude and i and i, I you and i talked about that and i'm like bro like you forget who you are like you're like a little bitch right now i think i told you that i'm like fucking slept on grass like in bosnia in a fucking refugee camp you know what i mean like life is not that fucking hard uh, I think that people need to be reminded that you know what I mean. That's why I do feel like podcasts are so important, uh, and you know, books, audio books are so important. You know what I mean to kind of get a perspective on uh, other people's experience and journey uh, to kind of help remind you like how good you really have it. You know what I mean. We have people on the team who have struggles that are really bad, and you know, we had an agent whose mom is dealing with something that's really bad, and uh, it's testing her. You know what I mean, and, and it's it's unfortunate. Um, it is life. You know what I mean but it's unfortunate and I feel like a lot of people forget that like you might miss a bill or uh you know I don't know what what kind of challenges you have but there's always something that's fucking worse Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and uh I had the conversation with one of the agents and they were telling me about all these things and complaining and this and that and it was really like affecting her and she was crying and and I was just thinking like what the fuck I'm like dude that is not that bad like it could be a lot worse You know what I mean? And we sat there and talked about it and really dissected, like, how bad could it really be? She was like, holy shit, you're right. I'm acting like a little bitch right now. Like, I'm like, yeah, you are. (laughs) Like, come on. You know what I mean? Um, But no, that's why that's really important. I like what you said, dude, because I've heard that before with the whole uh, wake up in the morning and do gratitudes on what you have and stuff like that. But I've never heard someone say, I want to be grateful for what I'm going to have and I'm going to get. I've, I've never heard that, honestly. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. You yeah, know what I mean, I mean I think all of us,
2: we all have limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. Like there might be a goal that we have or an objective that we have this week or next week or long term, but our limiting beliefs normally keep us back. We think that it's not possible because we haven't done it yet. So if you can have a little bit of gratitude towards this thing that hasn't happened yet, something in your brain tells you that it's possible and it allows you to walk in the direction you need to, to actually get that accomplished. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's changed my life, bro. I want to change my whole morning routine Like dude that's pretty cool I'm, I'm going to do that and I, and I use a notes app constantly I'm always well, it makes, you know, putting it makes stuff perfect, in there It
0: makes perfect sense too Because you're manifesting it You're putting it into the future That's why people yeah. do you know, the, the vision boards It's like every I feel like every single thing That's ever came to fruition I talked about it Before it even happened Like I remember when I was like Like 17, 18 um, I'm like I'm not a million I'm not a millionaire yet Oh I forgot what I said I'm like I'm already a millionaire The Money's just not in my account yet I was like yeah, 17,
1: 18. It's being printed right now, yep. literally.
0: And I had that mindset at an early age. And people probably, you know, thought I was crazy. Whatever I would tell my parents, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be successful. Whatever. Doing what? Well, I'm like, I have no idea, but I will figure it out. And the reality is, you always figure it out. You always get caught yeah. up in, oh, is it gonna work out? Is it not? It always, always works itself out.
1: This microphone is driving me nuts. I think it has like too much weight on it. I think maybe the cord adds just a little bit of weight, and it kind of like slowly goes down somebody said like why the hell are you always touching the microphone when you're doing the podcast and i'm like i don't know but now i'm looking at it and it like slowly drops yeah yeah so i'm like, okay i gotta figure that shit out we gotta figure this out a little bit better um but anyways no that's important dude and in and, and, and real estate and in being in business and an entrepreneur and <clears throat> going through challenges that are voluntary you know what i mean because you're choosing to do that you can always go back and get a fucking job nine to five Uh, but you have to be grateful. You know what I mean? To have that opportunity.
2: Well, yeah. Like you could have a deal under contract you're super excited. Deal falls under contract. Mm -hmm. You're going to be pissed, right? Everyone's gonna be pissed, get depressed. But if you instead look at it as just being grateful, you have a client, like you you have another opportunity to, to close them. Then it it can totally change the way that you approach business. Because it's so easy to have a few things go wrong at once and then you're depressed and you don't even want to work anymore. You can just be grateful for what you do have and, and see those things. I mean, it, it makes being in this industry 10 times easier. Yeah. And I struggled a lot with that at the beginning. I had so many things go wrong my first six months in the industry. And it kind of forced me to reevaluate and, and really try and shift my mindset into being you know, less affected by these things that I know are going to continue to happen day after day after day as long as I'm
1: doing this. Yeah. Yes, you're so right. You know what, too? I, uh, <clears throat> I've been seeing this a lot lately. And I'm sure everybody else has too that's listening. Uh, but like those retreats that people do, like the ayahuasca retreats and stuff like that, that kind of like the alternative medicine, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of like, you know, get you to like dive deep, you know, and look at some of the stuff in your subconscious mind and, and kind of dissect some of the things that could be creating these limiting beliefs. Um, and I heard about this one that uh, some friends of ours, Ben and, and Connie, were talking about and it's called like Journey. Okay. And they use like these like juices and the lady claims that they're all natural, which they, I'm sure they are, but they're completely legal is what she says. Um, and they do like these retreats. And uh, I was talking about uh, with them about doing it. Um, but it's like a series of drinks that you have and uh, it puts you in this like weird state of mind. And again, she says they're not illegal. I don't know if I believe that, <laughs> but but uh Stuff like that, I feel like, is pretty cool and important. And I want to start getting into that a little bit more. We had a, a real estate investor, badass real estate investor that came on the podcast, uh, Michael Burns, um, and he talks about that uh, being a huge uh, uh, asset in his life, you know, when he started to kind of not worrying so much about business and stressing about business and, and started, like, focusing on himself and what he, limiting beliefs and stuff like that and kind of overcoming uh, childhood traumas, you know, and using these alternative medicines, you know, to help him deal with that. And uh, um, he told me that he, he's been doing all this stuff, you know, ayahuasca, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the uh, psilocybin, you know, and things like that to kind of help him uh, with a guided, you know, person, shaman, you know, somebody who knows what to do. And, you are not like at a party, just getting fucked up, you know, there's like intention behind it. Uh, but I think that kind of stuff needs to have more, um, I guess, uh, needs to have a, a, a bigger light shined on it. Uh, especially for people in in business, you know, in real estate who deal with, again, like you said, uh, when they're being tested and challenged and especially if you're like a first year entrepreneur or first six months real estate agent and you have all these fucking challenges that are going to test you, uh, you got to have a place where you can go to kind of build your mindset, you know, and get that. Uh, And and David DeGoggins talks about it when he talks about callousing your mind, you know, and working on your mind. And uh, I think that, that should be a little less taboo, you know, those kinds of things. And it should be, I mean, I think it'd be awesome if there was a brokerage that promoted stuff like that. You know what I mean? real estate teams that promoted stuff like that, because dude, everyone deals with this shit, you know what I mean? And and they don't really know how to, uh, uh, fix it. And you hear, especially here in Utah, you have this, uh, pill epidemic, you know, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we have such a strong, uh, um, religion here you know the lds religion that's like so against so many things you know caffeine coffee stuff like that which is fine um but just like just because it's a prescription doesn't make it right you know what i mean and, and i meet people who i think that are so successful and they're so happy and they're doing so good and you know billy talked about it you know mm-hmm. with, uh, billy from supreme lending um and then they're like popping antidepressants you know and, and anti-anxiety medications and stuff like that and i'm like it's got to be a better fucking way to deal with your problems than just go and take a pill from your doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and you talked about that with me a little bit, you know, how uh, you said that it helped you with your depression when you went on some of these, uh, you know, retreats, you know, that, that, that you've done. Um, and I, I think that's so important, you know, and it needs to be less taboo and there should be conversations that are a little more educated and not like talking about partying and getting fucked up. You know, I think it needs to be, uh, it needs to be out in the open. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, there's it's undeniable that there's a a pretty big mental health issue in this country and throughout a lot of the world and it's gotten worse and worse and worse and a lot of it is attributed to the fact that you know life has been really easy for humans especially in america the last 100 years so the things we worry about now are not the things we worried about 100 years ago yeah i think the, the human we've had issues developing and and growing in this strange environment where everything is tech based we have all these creature comforts you know life is very easy so I mean, it comes back to first world problems, right? A lot of the things we worry about and have issues with, they're not life or death issues, yeah. but we, we make them affect us like they are life or death issues. And at the end of the day, there's only one thing on planet Earth that you can control, and that's your thoughts, right? There's nothing else. And, and that's that was a big realization for me, was I'm always trying to control things that are external, but in reality, you can't do that. The only thing that you control is what's in your mind. Control your thoughts that can control your actions. And then that, that's how you can have these external influences. But at the end of the day... The only thing that you can control are the thoughts and you know with that you need to put yourself through adversity right because we don't have these natural adversities anymore the brain needs it you know we need that yin and yang we can't always be in this you know this experiencing pleasure or happiness that'll never happen and that's why we have mental health issues you know you you have to you have to get out there and do difficult things whether it's in business or physically you know just the, the the chemical reaction that happens when you go and do something hard like when, when you're walking through the canyon and it's cold and you're running, right? The endorphin rush, the chemical change that happens. You can't be depressed after doing something like oh, that. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a like natural high that you get that. It's like, you unexp- can't explain it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm, I'm happy you hit on that because, you know, you were in the military. And uh, I know a lot of people do suffer from, you know, PTSD and stuff like that. And, and I have friends who do. Um, and they, they are, unfortunately, stuck on pharmaceutical drugs you know to try to help put a band-aid on the problems uh but i've heard a lot of um success stories from people using alternative alternative medicine to take them out of that you know out of that place and there's a lot of research going on right
2: now like they're trying to get a lot of things fda approved that are kind of outside the the norm when it comes to medicine because this is a huge issue in the military like we have a big mental health problem in the military uh, just because, I mean, it's a stressful life and people see a lot of things that most people would never want to see. Yeah. People get get injured, they get TBIs. It can affect their chemistry, drop their test levels. You know, there's a multitude of factors that can play into these mental health problems. Uh, and, and obviously whatever we've been doing isn't working. We're seeing the suicide rate go up still in the military and everything the military is trying to do, it, it's not effective, right? It's not, yeah. it's not working the way that we want it to. Yeah. And uh, so I think with a lot of, you know, new perspectives on, on medicine and, and and things like that are definitely going to be a major turning point, I think, at some point in the future with the mental health issues and with, with the problems in the
0: military as well. Yeah. Well, dude, I, fi- I find it so interesting, too, <clears throat> that doctors and you know, parents, too, are so willing to put their kids on medication at such an early age. I see that quite a bit, too. Like, I know a lot of people who have their kids yeah. that are, like, five, six, seven years old. They're on, like, Adderall, for example. Yeah, I dude. hear that, and... Then I hear like, oh yeah, they're having suicidal thoughts or they're going through it. They're lashing out. It's like, dude, like that can't be right. No, and mm-hmm. like
2: growing up, probably half my friends, like most of my friends, were on Adderall or Ritalin. That was Ritalin. 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 Yeah, that was, yeah, that that was, was the norm.
1: One, yeah. yeah, I saw a documentary on that man. It's fucking crazy when you think about it because there were kids in Canada that were seven years old actually committing suicide at seven years old, yeah. right? And they were on Ritalin, and that was a big one. Ritalin. I think they 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 stopped making that one Ritalin at least here in the US and I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure I'm right yeah uh but the the like I had friends that were on that uh-huh. and I had friends who I had a friend that was <laughs> I'm not gonna name drop him because I get pissed but the kid was so stupid man like <laughs> he like uh, I think he was in a class that he shouldn't have been in he had a learning disability um and he had a lot of behavioral problems and I didn't know anything about pharmaceutical drugs you know as a kid and i was like 10 years old and we were hanging out and i was at his house and i saw this uh sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday little like pill thing and i was like oh what the hell is that and i pop it open there's all these pills he's oh that's my medicine i take and i'm like medicine you're on medicine what do you on medicine for are you sick or something i know what it was he's like no this is my ritalin i take it every day and i was like what the hell's that he's like the doctor said that it's for uh you know to help me with my behavior and focus in school and i'm like help you because you're like the dumbest kid i know like how's it helping you it's not helping you right and you have really like he has severe behavioral problems he's always getting in trouble and uh and i I know him now and i know i don't know if i'm pretty sure that fucked with his head because even now like he deals with depression he lives in like his you know his dad's basement with his family and you know he can't pull himself out of this hole and i'm like what kind of long-term effects does it have on these kids that take this stuff you know what i mean and then they're giving it to people who are mentally unstable, like PTSD, to help them deal with their problems. And it's like, how the fuck is that helping? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That doesn't help.
0: Well, it's like not only that as well. It's like, for example, if you go get like a, a root canal done or whatever it might be, and they give you some, you know, uh, uh, Lortabs or per- Percocets or whatever it might be, you're just giving those out like candy, I feel like. And I would hear that, too, at an early age because I lost a lot of buddies to addiction, to, mm-hmm. to, to opioid addiction. like a lot of people got caught up in that. You know, probably my early 20s which is why like me personally i just i focused my energy strictly on real estate i didn't want anything to do with it i didn't yeah. want to be around it and that's why like for those next few years i had no life at all i did no party no drinking nothing i strictly focused on real estate um but no i s- seen that and, like, you know, what we, we go back to it as well. The doctors, the, the parents, they just want to get the kid just to shut up, for example. They're like, oh, they're lashing out and I don't want to deal with it. The teachers don't want to deal with it. And it's just this cycle, you know? So they put their kids on this medication. Same thing. You get people on lower tabs or opiates or whatever. That leads to another problem. It's like the, you go from that, then you go to maybe some oxys, and then after that, you go to heroin. And it's just this cycle. I feel like and that's kind of the story I, feel like I hear. <clears throat> I hear a lot with, with people who are addicts or who have been addicted. They're like, yeah, it was just, you know, this one little pill, and then that, lead, that led to this, and that, that led to that. Next thing you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm living in a, on the street, and I lost everything.
1: Oh, my God, dude. So I used to cut hair in the – we used to volunteer. I had a, like a volunteer organization. Um, it was called Haircuts for Hope, <clears throat> and we used to cut hair at the park and, like, hang out with the bums all day and the homeless people and this and that. <laughs> I probably shouldn't call them bums. There were some real bums there uh and we'd cut their hair and i hear their stories and stuff like that and then eventually we moved into because the wintertime time it was too crazy at the park we moved into the volunteer of america uh facility over there off of it's like 300 west on uh, south salt lake and uh anyways i'm over there cutting hair and this guy is there and he looked like he was well put together and and the volunteer of america had like a two-week program where you can go and get clean and kind of detox uh after two weeks you are let go but it's if like you can go right back in if you just go out and get get messed up and get intoxicated you can go knock on the door they'll let you back in so people use that as like a place to live and they'll just leave and go get fucked up and come back in and they'll get you know free food and clothing and stuff like that and there's all walks of life in there we were cutting hair over there and this guy he looked very well put together and very well spoken he's probably like in his 60s um, and my one of my um, friends was with me and she was doing hair and she's like, oh my God, I know that guy. And I was like, oh, where's, how do you know him? And she's like, so I worked at Dillard's at the makeup counter. And that guy was like the big interior designer for Dillard's. And he traveled the world designing all the interiors for Dillard's. And he had a really cush job making like three, four hundred thousand a year. And he was crushing it. And now he's here at the detox center. And I am like, oh, I want to cut his hair and get a story, right? So he sits down I started cutting his hair. And the, you know, her name was Alisa, and she was talking to him. And um, <clears throat> he was telling me a story. And it kind of started like that. Yeah. his crutch was alcohol. And he's like, yeah, I used to you know, have a big house, nice car, good family, stuff like that. And I was like, where do you live right now? Because I've never seen you at the park. And that's where all the homeless people hang out. And he's like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't go there. That's too dangerous for me. I was like, where do you live? And he's like, I live over here, right on the road from us. You know uh, where our old office was, C21? Behind there, there's like that, that, that creek, that river.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What
1: was that, a creek? I have no idea. So it's like a bottom. creek or something. There's a bridge over there. <laughs> By the Carl's Jr. Okay. And he lives under there.
0: No shit. That's
1: where he lives when he's not in the detox center. And I'm like, wow. Like, dude, like you went from the clouds, like, yeah, to living under a bridge. Like, holy hell, man. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have like problems. I never had problems as a kid. I don't have childhood trauma. I just was addicted to drugs and eventually turned to alcohol. And now that's my crutch. And like, I just cannot get off alcohol. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this guy had everything. You know what I mean? And just gone. Like it it tripped me out and like we were, we were doing that for three years at detox center. And I'd see him there all the time and he'd always be back. And he's always the most respectful. He'd clean up everyone's plates and he's a really nice guy and he did laundry and stuff. And I was always like, damn, man, this guy, like I thought he had everything put together, but just that one thing, you know, just put him over the edge, lost everything. And, and again, when we talk about, you know, being an agent and being successful and being an entrepreneur <clears throat> and having all these luxuries, they can be taken away so quickly you know, from something like that. And it can start with maybe a little bit of stress, maybe a little bit of depression, maybe a deal falls out of contract. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're, you know, maybe doing something, maybe Mm -hmm. drinking a little alcohol to kind of help you deal with it. And then eventually you're down this rabbit hole and then you're fucked. You know what I mean? And that's why this needs to be talked about a lot more. And again, I go back to the whole having a therapist or a life coach when you're dealing with something like this. Um, And it's funny because I have so many friends I was looking at, and this isn't to brag or anything, but And I've always believed in that my dad told me this as a kid and he he like put it in my head where he's like "Uh, You are who you hang out with you know, and I was like seven or six when he told me that the first time I was hanging around with these kids that were not good kids and he got mad and he's like don't hang out with them you know, they're not good kids and uh, uh, He told me why and I found out why later on but um, I'm like holy shit man like I looked at my network and I have more friends who are millionaires than I do Not millionaires. And that's pretty pretty cool to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's pretty badass, but it's not like I intentionally went out and picked them. Like, no, I just kind of presented myself a certain way and, you know, acted a certain way and they kind of came. You know what I mean? And and uh that's something to be proud of. Yeah. You know what I mean? That if your network is, you know, worth a certain amount of money, I'm not saying they're all good people. I'm just saying that these guys hold themselves to high standard and when you get to know them and see them and get to know the real them like I do. You get to see that every single one of them has a life coach, a therapist, a psychologist, whatever the fuck you want to call it, where they're going in almost weekly, and some have more than one. Mm -hmm. I'm about to get a second one, you know what I mean? Um, But they have more than one, and that's to help manage that instability, a mental instability that comes with being an entrepreneur, being self-employed, all that fucking stress you deal with, all the challenges you deal with, like you have to have somebody there that's gonna help you so you don't end up going to the bottle, going to the pills, right? going to do drugs and then falling off and losing everything. So it's so fucking important. And when you talk about being in the military, like, dude, I see that too often. You know, these guys with PTSD, they, they, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I mean,
2: your mental health is just as important as the physical health, right? So the same way we go to the gym, you know, you need to see coaches or talk to people or have some outlet where you can deal with whatever's going on in your head. But most of us just don't even acknowledge that because there's not something physically that we see right in our head. It's, it's invisible. We don't, we don't perceive it really, but it's just as important and it can destroy us way faster than our body can. Yeah. So no, I mean, I'm with you. It's, it's important and I don't have a life coach or anything like that right now. I've, I've, I have a few real estate coaches and people that I look up to and talk to, but that's definitely something that as I develop in this industry, like, I know this is something that I'm going to have to jump into and, yeah. and have, you know, these people in place like you have.
1: <clears throat> you have to have somebody who uh, is going to tell you what you don't want to hear and what you don't want to be told. And sometimes your friends who you look up to might not be able to do that. You know what I mean? And so that's why I love uh, my coach that I see. Shout out to Katherine Dixon. Uh, she will, she'll put you in your place, you know, not in a bad way, in a loving way, but she'll just let you see like, and it's through a series of questions that she asks, where you're doing it to yourself and she's just kind of a tool that you're using, you know, this like catalyst that she'll sit there and ask questions and you'll give these answers. And then she'll repeat them back to you after about an hour of going through this nonsense, all this, like getting all this shit out in your head and you hear him and you're like, wait, that came out of my mouth. Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? And it's, again, it's not her telling you, it's you, you're listening to the shit that you say, the shit that you believe. And it really puts things into perspective and it gives you this like clarity that I almost feel like, like she says all the time, she's like, yeah, people leave my office and, uh, they tell me, Hey, this is better than acid. <laughs> like I leave here and I'm like, well, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And I'm like, you know what I mean? You just get this, this, this clarity. That's, uh, it's, I think that's where we live normally, you know, love and compassion and clarity. And, um, but because of all the external influences, it kind of distracts you from that. And you forget that. And people forget that. And it's unfortunate, but some people never get that. And they go their whole life, like being confused and depressed and stressed, uh, so it's really important to have that, where you can get that almost weekly. You know, yeah.
2: No, you have to. I mean, whether it's through somebody else or through yourself, you have to be comfortable auditing yourself. Yeah. Right. You got to audit. You you got to look into your head. The Scientology. And, <laughs> is you know. that where you got that from? No, no. is that <laughs> Scientology thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but no, they, it's like a personal you. audit, though, right? Like yeah. you got to think, like, okay, what's going right? What's going wrong? What are the if, I, if things are going wrong? Like, what's causing it? Right? Why am I the way that I am? What are yeah. the, what are the things that I can do better? Uh, you know, I've got some some friends that I, I talk to frequently and, you know, we're comfortable with each other and we'll bounce ideas and talk about stuff on a much deeper level than I do with most people. Yeah. And it's we challenge each other. We audit ourselves. We we uh, we confront each other's opinions and thoughts and habits and directions. And I mean, it's necessary. You have to do these types of things. If you can't do it yourself, then you have to get a coach. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy to do it yourself because you have to get very confrontational in your own head, you have to get introspective. You have to be able to reveal things that you don't want to deal with, yeah. whether it's trauma, all these things demons. that you're. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you got you to find that stuff and, and deal with it and, and find ways to rid yourself of that. And sometimes just confronting those things and recognizing, oh, I'm doing this because of this, you can eliminate it right then and there. Yeah. It doesn't take any more work beyond that. Yeah. So it's important to do that constantly. Like, I'm constantly trying to audit myself all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do that all the time too. This self reflection. Like, I do that all the time in uh, and, and business you need to, especially when you, and just like, you know, my wife, she's like, and a lot of people have this issue when they're trying to start a company is they're like, they want all the answers and they want like a game plan in place. Uh, and they think that even if they have that, it's going to work out that way. and It doesn't. Every day is a new day. There's always new challenges. And uh, that's why I do it because I'm like, okay, what am I going to deal with today? You know what I mean? And I kind of reflect on, okay, I got to be clear because I want to make sure that I'm making decisions that I'm not you know, uh, making them from a place where I'm not clear and I'm confused and it might be detrimental to my business uh, or my career, or, you know, our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's really important. But, dude, that's, that's something that I, and, and I'm happy that we talk about that here on the team. You know what I mean? Because in real estate, there's a lot of life coaches and coaches and stuff like that. That name is thrown around so much. And I think people are not qualified. You know, a lot of people are not qualified to, to have that. Um, but in real estate, that's what we get. You know, everyone's calling you to be a coach. There's a company that does that, too. Um, they would always I feel like they
0: call us like every week, man.
1: Yeah, there's a company that would always call me up and uh, try to get me to pay some like crazy three thousand dollars a month for a coach, and I'm like, dude, leave me the fuck alone, please. <laughs> like, or how about no? I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I was gonna go the whole missionary aspect. I'm not gonna go there. Um, but <laughs> but no, I uh, I'm happy that you're here now on the team, bro, because you do. Uh, uh, those conversations are very enlightening you know what i mean it's very refreshing to not just sit here and talk about business 24 7 and real estate 24 7 you have to have a place and environment we talk about it we just recruited an agent who is here because of the environment you know where they feel comfortable to be able to be themselves and talk about this stuff openly that's going to help them uh in their business and it might not sound like it's related but it really is you know it really is all mental health and mindset well that's um, why
0: we created you know, what, what, you know for example we wanted to
1: create an environment where people can be themselves you don't have to come in and pretend
0: like you're somebody you're not you know and i feel like it's a it's a place where you can literally feel welcome and feel like you can just be you uh without any judgment or anything like that yeah yeah Yeah.
2: and one of the the things i like the most about this place is it reminds me a lot of the environment i was in in the military right i can come over here i'm around a bunch of young people hustling we all have you know similar goals in mind and I can be myself. This isn't a corporate environment. Like we're all in here, dressed professionally. We we're, we're doing work. We're getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't have to bring that corporate filter. I, I can be myself. We can talk about whatever subject, and all that stuff helps, right? Because yeah. you want to, you need to be comfortable when you're coming into work. That's yeah. all. All ties back to to being effective in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of my favorite things about here is the environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, and we are we, we are uh, we are hiring or recruiting. Yeah. I hate the word hiring because we're not like a, a company that has employees, but. And, and we were talking about that. I'm like, hey, if we put an ad together, like, how do we put a message out there that we're looking for agents? Like, now hiring? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, do, what do we do? You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, we got to figure that out. Daniel, you're the marketing guy. You got to figure that out. <laughs> you got to put up those uh,
2: uh, yellow uh, uh, billboards, those little yellow signs on each intersection that says work from home, make $10,000 a month. Oh, <laughs> that was a good state, idea. Real estate investors
1: <laughs> seeking, seeking what is it? apprentice or some shit i've seen that oh, dude, they're, they're every every
2: street corner's got those signs i bet you're getting phone calls so maybe that's the yeah show. that's
1: the yeah, fuck that <laughs> no but dude i'm happy that you're here uh really look forward to you know watching you succeed um and crush it in real estate obviously i know you have a lot of goals in mind you have you told me about your you know one year two year three year goals um in this company that you have what's the company name
2: called initial look
1: initial, look. initial, initial look. look.com is the website. Okay. Initial look, but it's spelled with one L, right? Yes. Okay. L. So initial look.com. Um, if you guys are looking to invest, definitely hit up, uh, Jesse, uh, or hit me up and I'll middleman the deal. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Me too. i'll get, get a little money from that uh but yeah awesome dude well thanks for coming in um we'll definitely do this a lot more often uh we need to do the podcast a lot more often yeah. alan we got to be in here more we will every um, week every yeah, week yeah yeah and well, then uh, don't
0: plan on next week though i'm having the baby oh yeah a week after that i'll yeah. be here i'll be doing from we'll, the hospital we'll do the hospital yeah. perfect We'll do the Zoom. oh
1: one. let's do it <laughs> yeah right uh but yeah awesome dude thanks yeah. again for being here alan thanks for being here thanks. um daniel thanks for being here we got to get a camera on you can you just look into getting a camera and then we'll pay for it okay awesome whatever setup we need we'll just get it over there okay uh and a mic perfect awesome well thanks you guys for watching and listening and uh, we'll see you next time cool thank thanks. you guys thanks
0: I think I'm playing chess. I see a king. I'm at his neck. I'm three steps ahead of every move. Now that's a check. Yes. They want to know my secret. It's because I never slept. All my nightmares of me at 40. Life's a wreck. See my dad.